Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. try this one more time hold on give me just a second here okay should i think i'm good okay i'm sorry it was on mute i was talking to my son real quick and i forgot i had the mute button on and i didn't see y'all's comments and i don't because i'm gonna be putting this on my podcast i didn't want to go in and edit it so i was just like start over start from fresh so anyways you guys let me refresh my skin really quick um Thank you guys so much, like I was saying, for the well wishes, um, just people who reached out to me via Instagram, the DMs, my Discord, Twitter. I haven't been able to really get back a hold of people or respond back just because I really needed to get my rest and get back better. So it's been a lot going on. So I want to come on here and kind of explain a little bit. I'll probably go into depth um, when I do my next Zoom with my Discord group, but um, I did want to come on camera, so I'm sorry for like all the technical stuff. It's just it's been a long week, so I'm just trying to remember how everything works. I've been out of it, like for real, for real, like off of social media, off of just everything. So thank you guys for the welcome back. <laughs> um, let's see here. So Ariane Morgan sent four nine nine. She says, "I'm glad to see you again. I hope you're doing good. Your videos have helped me through a lot. Thank you so much." And I wanted to go back. I was reading some of the super chats from the last stream that got disconnected. Um, me and OBS StreamYards, that's my last time using it. They're going to have to give back my money. I'm going to have to call my credit card company and file a dispute because it just does not work the way it needs to for me. So I wanted to read some of the other people's super chats. Um, Tiana Vasquez, she sent $99.99. Thank you so much for the super chat. I really appreciate it. Um... Soraya sent $5. She says, T, I miss you. I love you. I hope you're feeling better. Um, Rashina sent $4.99. She says, love you, T. Della Jones sent $4.99. Says, hey, lovely. Medboy78 sent 5 He says, hope you're doing well. We miss you and we love you. Um, let's see here. D2 Sassy says, we missed you, T. Shy B sent $5. Says, T, I hope you're feeling better. Um... Drea Hun sent five. She says, I'm glad you're okay. We've missed you and we love you even more. So thank you guys so much. Those were just super chats from the last stream that got cut off. I see more are coming through. Oh my gosh, you guys miss me. I've missed you guys so much. You know, it's been it's been hard. Like, you know, YouTube is my family, you know, my audience. And it feels weird just being like out the loop. And people have tried to keep me in the loop with certain things and other things I just don't give a shit about. Like, I don't care about the rantings of lunatics and, you know what I'm saying, people who, who get themselves into self-induced situations and then want to just, you know, rant and rave. That made me no difference. My health is what's important first and foremost. So to the person who kind of like, I guess, put my business out there and everybody was hunting for them on Discord, um, I know a lot of people wanted her banned 
But I, you know, I just didn't want to deal with it while I was in the hospital. Um, I ended up hearing the audio today, and I'm going to think that it was not from a malicious place and that she was basically telling my business to try and have my back. But um, let me clear some stuff up. I did not have surgery. Um, it was very serious. You guys know for months I have been having chest issues, and I'm somebody who's very much on top of my health, but there was a big medical neglect going on in 2020, and I had a huge conversation with several doctors before I left the hospital, and I'm like, this shit is not cool. You know, when you're telling people that you can't physically see them, you have to diagnose them over the phone, or you can only see them through the car, you know, you have to stay in your car, and then we'll come to you, and the only thing you want to test them for is COVID, and like I was telling the doctors, before there was ever a COVID, okay, there were other illnesses. People were dealing with sickle cell and lupus and diabetes and cancer. But it seems like everything has been put on the back burner because of COVID. And so um, I guess I'm trying not to be angry because I feel like, okay, God saved me again. I'm here for a reason. You know, um, like I always say, people can't destroy what they didn't help build. So God brought me back for a reason, but it's just very frustrating as somebody who stays on top of their health, who try to get um, MRIs, who acts, and I'm going back through my medical records, June 8th, I specifically called the respiratory clinic and I said, look, I need to get an MRI. I need a CAT scan. There's something going on with my lungs. I'm not able to keep up. I'm not breathing properly. And what did they do? The woman didn't give me any type of x-ray, didn't give me an MRI, basically said, you have asthma. How? How did you diagnose me with asthma? And then gave me a pump and sent me about my way. And so it's just been very frustrating because the pump was just, a, it was just a temporary band-aid. It did nothing for what was going on. So long story short, Friday, um, I was having, I woke up at like, I had talked to my son, he got off of work, we were talking at like midnight. And so, you know, he went to bed and I tried to get to bed and I could not go to sleep. My chest was hurting so bad. I was having horrible chest pains, chest pains I haven't felt in a long time. And so by the time Saturday came um, and I was in the DMs talking to some of my mods and talking to people, people could just hear it in my voice. Like I was so short of breath. I really couldn't even talk like my voice was very very limited it was very low and if I even try to raise my voice it hurt if I cough it hurt and so by Saturday evening it was getting worse so then um, I had two of my friends one of my friends from Atlanta caught me and my other friend here in Twin Cities she caught me and she was like you don't sound good at all I was like I don't feel good so I was like if I don't if I feel worse by the morning I'm going to the ER because they've made it right now where they're shaming people who want to get medical treatment. It's like their whole focus is COVID. So anyways, I go, I wake up Sunday morning because it was that bad. I could barely even get off the couch. So I ended up getting down to the ER. And of course, as soon as I come in, oh, do you have COVID? And I'm like, shut the hell up. Like I haven't even been anywhere to even contract COVID. Like, my whole summer has been ruined. I haven't vacationed anywhere. I was wearing a mask before it was even mandated. So, no, like, I took this shit seriously. No, I don't have no damn COVID. Y'all done tested me twice. Like, I'm getting so frustrated. I'm like, I need an MRI. There's something going on with my chest. 
So then finally they get me back into the emergency room and the doctor, bless his heart, he really took my symptoms very seriously. You know, he was like, yeah, it could be, you know, from sickle cell, but I think it's something more serious. So they end up giving me the, um, you know, the, the IV with the dye in there so I can get my MRI. And as I was writing on Discord, the doctor literally just came in the room with the results as I'm trying to write my message. And that's when he was just like, thank God you came in here. Had you waited, you probably wouldn't have made it. You probably would not have made it off your couch. I had blood clots and these blood clots had been brewing literally all summer. And it makes me mad because again, I asked for all of these treatments back in June. Had they been able to spot it and see it in June, I wouldn't be where I'm at in September. So yeah, it was that serious. Like I almost died. It was that serious. You know what I'm saying? Like if I wouldn't have got off my couch and got myself down to the ER, he was like, yeah, most likely because they had already blocked off um, the clots had blocked off a section a section of my lung. Um, it was there was an infection brewing part of my lung. There's some lung death in certain parts of my lung, and I already have lung issues, so that was horrible, you know. So it's been a lot. So they had to put me on heparin, and um, and then we don't even want to get on the cost of the medication, you know. Granted, I can afford it, but imagine people who get hit with this, and they're telling you that your medicine that you not have to take life is $800 a month. That's as much as somebody's rent and car. You know what I mean? So it's, it's been, it's been a crazy, when I tell you, it's been a crazy few days. So when it comes to like all this internet bullshit, I don't give a flying fuck about that. I, I could care less who's ranting and who's raving and who's in their feelings. I don't care. My health and my family, my kids, my kids have one mother, you know? So my job is to stay here as long as I can for them and then stay here as long as I can for you guys you know, but yeah, the medical neglect is horrible. And that was the thing that I, I really wanted to, re- to, re- to reiterate to the doctors. Like, I did my part. I didn't just sit at home. I didn't say, oh, well, my chest is hurting. I'm coughing a lot. It's no big deal. Like, I went and I asked you guys for stuff. You know what I'm saying? And you guys were literally diagnosing me with bullshit that it wasn't because you guys are so focused on this. So, I guess I'm saying this to say, if you feel anything wrong, if something just does not feel right, at this point, when you call to even go to your primary, they're not even trying to see people. See, if you're healthy, you don't, you have no idea what's really going on with the medical establishment, but there are people literally being pushed aside. I had a relative who they claimed something came up funny in their biopsy, and they were thinking that it was cancer. So, of course, you want to know. You want you want to take the next steps. They told my relative, like, oh, well, we can't do anything until possibly November. And he flipped out, like, I'm not going to wait until November to find out if I have cancer or not. By the time, and this was in August, by the time November hits, he could be at stage four. And why deal with that unneeded stress if that's not even what it is? So he had to fight to get a test, to get a cancer screen. And thank God it came back negative, but there's a lot of people literally being put on the back burner in the medical establishment because they're so focused on COVID. So I feel like this whole situation is even bigger than we could ever imagine. I feel like a lot of people who have died this year, one, I've always said that I feel like most of those people have not died from COVID, but I feel like most of the people who have passed this year, they've died from medical neglect. 
you have people who are not able to go physically to a hospital. They're being told, do not come down here. You know, we'll diagnose you over the phone. We'll talk to you over the phone. How do you do a proper assessment? How do you listen to somebody's heart? How do you do blood work through the phone? You can't. So it's, it, I feel like it's almost like a, a depopulation method. You know, sorry, I'm, I'm a conspiracy theorist at heart. So that's where my mind is going to go. But when I'm literally telling somebody like, yo, you can't, you can't tell me that I, I can, you can only see me from my car. That's unacceptable. No, I need to come into the clinic because I have a chronic illness that I've had way before COVID. And only because of that, they allowed me into the clinic. But even once I got there, she refused to give me any type of test and just told me, oh, it sounds like you have asthma. You know, so if you're feeling anything, um, do not go to, don't even call your prime, fuck the primary care doctor. Don't even call them. Don't even ask them for permission. Just go straight down to the ER. You know, and the part that's so frustrating is like I had to tell the doctor, y'all are pushing us to the side, like not knocking anybody, but I'm not on Medicaid. I pay $800 a month to insure my family. Like you're treating me like I'm coming here for some like I, once the hospital bill comes, I, I got to cover that. Like this is like we're, we're paying for this. So if I'm paying $800 a month for my medical premium, why are you guys telling people they can't get the test that they need? They can't come down to the clinic. They can't do stuff. But let you lapse on your insurance payment. They're going to be calling you with the collections people. Oh, well, you didn't pay this month, and if you don't pay this and that. So it's a really messed up situation that they have a lot of people in. A lot of people are paying their insurance premiums and still getting treated like shit. So I just say this to say that it can happen to anybody. So if you're feeling anything, if something just does not feel right, like the same way I've been feeling all damn summer, go to the ER. You know, and, I, and I'm glad I didn't call. I didn't, I didn't want to hear somebody tell me, oh, well, just wait, or we can only see you over the phone. I was like, I'm not, I'm not dealing with that because they had turned me off so much this summer from how I just kept getting mistreated and just kept getting placed on hold. Like I have a chronic illness and I have not seen a physical doctor for my illness since March, since March, you know, where I'm supposed to physically go into the clinic and get blood drawn, get blood work, make sure everything is okay every two months. I have not seen a, my hematologist since March. That's how limited it is not to go into the medical establishment. So it's crazy. And I'll probably go deeper when I do my Zoom. I didn't want this to be a whole medical thing, but I just wanted to, because there's 7,000 people watching, I wanted you guys to know that it's very serious. And I feel like a lot of people who have died this year, it's, it has nothing to do with COVID. It's from the neglect that people have been receiving from the medical establishment and part of that, I can't even blame them because they've been so trained to focus on COVID and forget all the other diseases that people have been dealing with since the beginning of fucking man. You know what I'm saying? Since the beginning of mankind, we're just going to forget lupus and diabetes and cancer. And now all of a sudden, everything is COVID. I've been tested three times. Don't have it, never had it. But that's the only thing they want to test for. So yeah, it's it's crazy. It's really crazy out here. Um... Let's see here. Nini Arno says, I agree with you, T. Thank you for talking about this. You're welcome. Black doctors matter. Mm. Let's see here. Um, Mimi, you're blocked because I've told you by bringing up people's names that I don't fool with. So enjoy the block party. Trying to be messy. Bye. Let's see here. 
Um, TJ sends $20. He says, T, I'm glad you're doing okay. I was diagnosed with a PE as well. I know the feeling about medical neglect. I'm so glad you're okay, and thank you for the super chat. Yeah, it's no joke. You know, it's very hard. Um, <laughs> Blockiana, yeah. I may have been sick, but Blockiana ain't gone nowhere. Don't come in my chat being messy. Ain't about thinking about the bullshit, okay? We talking about real stuff. You want to be messy, go to the messy-ass YouTubers channels and go over there with the mess. But, um, no, I'm glad. I'm glad you're okay. You know, it's, it's very serious, and especially when they break off, you know, that's how people get strokes. You know, if it breaks off from your lung and it travels to your brain, you can have a stroke and die. So I'm glad you're okay. Um, let's see here. Anonymous 6307 since 20 says, just got paid. It's Friday night, party hunting, and T is live. Seriously, you're right. Put yourself first. We will continue to support you regardless. Thank you so much, and thank you for the super chat. I appreciate it. Um, what's up, Sketch? He says, I'm glad you're feeling better, T. Thank you. Um, Brenda says, oh, my God, I'm glad you were your own advocate. Yeah, me too. Me too. Thank you for the super chat. Um, Brie from NYC says, sending love as always. We missed you and love you, T. I hope you're feeling better. I've been praying for your recovery. I'm glad to see you are back. Thank you. Thank you so much. Miss Hunty says, you said 800. I know if my mama was told that, I know she would have had a hard time paying for the medicine. Thank goodness you're still here. Yeah, it's crazy. And the thing is, um, my I'm usually able to hit my deductibles because my deductibles are $6,000 a year because I'm more high risk and I have to go in and out the clinic and I'm on you know, medicine that I have to take every day for the rest of my life. So I usually hit my deductible. And then usually by like the middle of the year, uh, my medications drop to like 80% off. So it kind of works itself out, but... Just imagine if you just don't have it and you're having to choose, like, do I live or die? Like, that's that's messed up to just tell somebody that, you know, $800. Like, wait, what? You know, but, yeah, it's it's, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. Um, let's see here. Tiana Monet says, I'm glad you're safe. They said my mom had asthma and her thyroid was the size of her fist. And pressing up against her lungs, she had to get surgery. Fight for help. Wow, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm glad your mom's okay. I'm really glad about that. Um, what's up, Daya? She says, I'm glad you're feeling better. I didn't know you weren't feeling well. And like someone in the chat brought up, you went through something similar before. I'm I'm glad you caught it. Yeah. Yep, it's the it's the second time in like 15 years. Yep. Um, TF sent 1990, 1999. Thank you for the super chat. I appreciate it. Um, Tori Kilk says, I hope you see this. I was in a coma two years ago due to a chronic lung illness. Thank you for talking about this. I'm dealing with the same thing. Wow. Thank you so much for the super chat, and I'm glad that you're okay. And, yeah, I don't think it gets discussed enough, you know, especially in the times of what we're going through. Yeah, don't all that, oh, you know, we're, we're going to only see you through the phone. That's not how you diagnose a human being. You know what I'm saying? You, you have to physically see that person. You have to touch them. You have to listen to their heart. You have to, you know, look at their tongue. You have to take blood work. So all this, you know, diagnosing people through phones and saying that we can't see you physically at a clinic, they're setting people up to die. They really are. And that's my personal opinion. You know, so if you feel like it's that bad, go to the ER. 
you don't have to explain yourself to anybody. And especially if you're paying for insurance. You're already paying for insurance. You should be allowed to use it how you need to use it. So definitely go down there. Um, Breezy88 says, hey, T, I'm glad to see you're doing better. We were all praying for you on Discord. We need you here. Thank you. Yeah, I had so many messages on, on Discord, and I just couldn't get back to really anybody just because I needed to rest, you know, just mentally. It was just a lot going on. So thank you guys so much um, just for the messages, the prayers, and the well wishes. I really appreciated that. Um, Tiffany So Blessed says, welcome back, T. We've missed you immensely. Praise God for your intuition. I pray for your continual healing. Thank you so much, sis. Thank you. Um, let's see here. I think we got the most. Uh, unknown who says, keep it, keep being real, keep spitting facts. Definitely. Thank you. So I've been on here for 20 minutes already. So I want to thank you, David um, Carmelo. He says, hi, auntie. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing a lot better. So thank you. So I definitely want to um, talk about, <laughs> and you know what just sucks is like, I feel like, of course, I'm a week behind. And the thing is that Friday, we were, me and Tiny were supposed to do a podcast together. So, you know, he couldn't do it. And by Friday, I just, I didn't feel good. Like you would have heard it in my voice, you know, that there was no way I could do a podcast. Um, it was just, it was hard to speak. So we canceled it. Friday and Saturday, because we're going to talk about the whole Kanye situation and then everything that was going on with Vlad TV. So I want to hit on that. Um, I have my opinions of everything that's going on with Vlad. Um, Yeah, it's very interesting. So if you guys don't know, I'm going to go ahead and kind of break this down to you guys. Right now, (laughs) there's this Vlad TV hate train, which I, I just I find very comical. You know what I'm saying? Because T-Girl Damas, once again, me and my T-Sippers were talking about Vlad all the way back in 2016. So let me kind of rewind this back. So back in 2016, Umar Johnson, you know, Mr. Give Me Your Grit Money, he went on to Vlad TV. And so he got a little bit of backlash from the pro-black community about going on Vlad. Then he tried to, like, twist it and make it look like, you know, somehow Vlad, you know, used him. And so he started complaining and like throwing shade at Vlad. And I called out Mr. Grit Money on his bullshit back then. So I want to go ahead and just show you guys, because I had to like go and find like my old tweets. And thank you to the young people who taught me how to like, you know, look up certain words to find old tweets. I have to go through like four years with the tweets. So I want to go ahead and show you a conversation that me and a lot of my tea sippers we're having back in 2016. So I find this very funny now that these same pro-black dudes who have sat on this man's channel for years are now doing a Vlad, T- a Vlad TV boycott, okay? And I, I see through a lot of the nonsense, so I want to go ahead and, like, really talk about it and talk about what I'm seeing with the whole Vlad hate train, the convenient hate train. So this was a, a conversation... Um, I have posted on on uh, Twitter, so you guys can see the date here. November November twenty second, twenty sixteen. So, hold on, I think it was the Umar one. Give me just a minute. I think that's okay. So I said on here, I said, what's funny is that Umar had the nerve to complain after going on his show. Shake my head. Why did you take your pro black ass on there? You know then. 
because he was complaining. And so other people were commenting, and they're like, you know, I wondered that too. Um, somebody says, like, the Tariq interviews, I agree with some of what he says, but why go on DJ Vlad? And so then I was saying, facts, you can't say you hate all whites on your black platform and use words like cracker, but then you say Vlad is cool, get the F out of here. So I was saying this way back in 2016. I'm going to show you guys some more receipts here. So then I had posted, I guess this was the first tweet that started it off. I said, I've noticed a lot of these so-called pro-blacks going on Vlad TV, but I thought the white man was the devil. LOL. Vlad has been exposing them. So again, saying this way back then, and um, then I went on to say, okay, I was talking about Umar. Then I said, he looks stupid as F. Vlad did his job. If he was smart, he wouldn't have went on there on the so-called devil show. So then, let me see. So this is me and and, um, Lonzo Williams, and we're really cool. I've known him for several years. He lives in Compton. And so I had posted this picture of me and Lonzo, and I said, this is me and real Alonzo Williams in Compton. He's such a good guy. He has stories for days. My kids love meeting him as well. Hashtag surviving Compton. And so then somebody was like, yeah, that's cool. I saw his Vlad interview. He's hilarious. And then we were still having other conversations, and I was saying, I also blame these thirsty-ass black men who constantly sit on his couch gossiping and putting their business on blast like females to Vlad. This was all back in 2016, okay? And then what was so crazy, if you guys remember, I was the first person to talk about the Orlando Brown video. Um, I had put together this whole video of Orlando Brown acting crazy, went viral, had like a million views. And in that video, I was very sympathetic to Orlando. I didn't know what was going on with him. I had just been noticing a lot of erratic behavior. So what Vlad did, he saw my video and basically reached out to Orlando and because he's a bigger platform, Orlando went onto his platform. And Vlad was literally asking this, this dude, because a lot of my tea sippers peeped it, he was asking Orlando questions based off of my video, based off of everything I put together. Those were the questions that he was asking Orlando. Well, while Orlando was on there, he's, and he went on Vlad several times, so he goes on Vlad and he starts dissing me. And he's calling me puffy-headed. He was calling me puffy-headed bitches. And so, of course, people were clowning me. And they're like, oh, Orlando Brown is roasting you. You nappy-headed bitch. You black bitch. Like, you know, I was getting low-key drug. So I was like, wow, that's fucked up. Like, you're going on this white man's platform to diss me. But he wouldn't even give a fuck about you if it wasn't for my video. And my video, I was actually, I, I had genuine concern for him. Now I don't give a fuck about him damn you know what i'm saying because i did nothing to him for him to be taught by my hair texture and you know trying to clown me and other black men were clowning me based off of orlando so it was like all these you know messages that were coming to me and so i was responding to that so this was like all in 2016 so i had said vlad don't give a shit about orlando brown he's using him for views and clicks some folks just love to coon and clown for white media i said this back then and then um, Nakia, Nakaya, she's one of my subscribers, long-term, shout out to you. So she replied back and she said, so true, Vlad has been exploiting these has-beens and never was is for a while. He's a vulture and people fall for it. Then there was a, a real dope black dude, we were having conversations with him as well, um, DJ, 
Um, his name is DJ. What is it? DJ. I don't know. I can't even read it. But he was saying he was sending me a video about, you know, exposing Vlad. And then other people were coming on the post and saying that Vlad is the definition of a culture vulture. So I find this very, very funny that since 2016, people like me and others have seen through the bullshit, you know, and this is not to not Vlad's hustle. Okay. I'm never going to get mad at somebody for doing their job. We live in a capitalistic society, point blank, period. I don't recall Vlad having any of these white, excuse me, black men like A.R. Ab and whoever else sitting on his platform telling all their business and then them ending up in jail. I don't recall him forcing them to say anything. Like I always say, at the end of the day, we control ourselves. Okay, he can't make you divulge information. You're divulging that on your own free will. So I don't like this whole mentality about, you know, oh, Vlad makes people snitch on themselves. It's the way he asks his questions. Well, if you're a quick thinker, there's no way you can get tripped up because you should see through the bullshit anyways. And your black ass probably shouldn't be going on there. Okay, so I just find the whole situation very funny now that we have Lord Jamar and Godfrey, who I supported and who I've only really supported because of him going on Vlad, okay? I wouldn't, no, I, let me just keep it real. I didn't know what the hell uh, Godfrey had been on for the past few years. And then I, you know, would sporadically see him on Vlad. And sometimes my homeboy would send me videos. And that's really the only reason why we bought tickets to the comedy show in Minneapolis that I went to, uh, Two weeks ago when I finally got out the house and I was like, oh, my God, I'm finally going somewhere, you know. So we went to the comedy show. So I, so I found it very funny now, this whole hate train that they're trying to do. So to kind of bring it back, the reason why these guys are claiming that they're mad at Vlad is because he dis-minister Louis Farrakhan. Like he basically, he, mis, he misquoted the minister and he said some things that the minister didn't say and um, he seemed very vocal. And then he claimed that he would only apologize if Minister Farrakhan went onto his platform, which I just find not only funny, but insulting. Who are you? Who am I to demand that the minister come on my platform? And I actually went to the Million Man March, you know, and, and, and got up and close and got a chance to see him. And I was there with Minister Tony Muhammad, you know, and people from Temple Number 2 in L.A. So I, I find that funny that he has in his head that, you know, that the minister should come to his platform. That's interesting, you know. And I also find it sad that the minister's in his 80s now. I think that he should be allowed a chance to rest and people should respect him enough not to misquote him. But if Vlad doesn't see the need to apologize, then it is what it is. But I feel like people are taking the whole situation with him and the minister and they're now trying to use it to benefit themselves. And I watched the interview that Lord Jamar and Godfrey had. And it was a lot of things that were very, very telling to me that didn't sit well with me. Okay. Because my thing is you can't go onto somebody's platform. And I'm talking about just with Lord Jamar. For almost seven years, he's been going on this, this so-called white man's platform. Regardless if he's speaking truth to power. You help to elevate his platform, okay? You can't now complain about that and try and tell black people we all need to be on code now and not fuck with Vlad TV, but now you got to fuck with my platform. Now, this sounds like a setup. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, this, this is coming at a very, very interesting time. 
Now, one thing, like we've always said, um, me and Tiny spoke about in the podcast a few weeks ago when we were talking about the Migos situation with QC. When people start, when the money slows down, okay? We've been talking about how the money has slowed down in 2020. A lot of celebrities are not living that life. They're not getting booked for anything because everything is basically shut down. So Lord Jamar can't go on his bookings to go, I don't know, rant and rave on stage. He can't, even Joe Budden, he's talked about how he's lost thousands because they're not able to do the little tours that him and Rory and Mal used to do, right? So a lot of people's money has slowed down. Godfrey as well. So now you see all these people, they're trying to get into podcasting. Everybody's a commentator. Everybody's, you know, setting up a podcast, okay? And Lord Jamar's had his his podcast for a while, but it's not popping. That's just keeping it real. You know, he has, a you know, his fans who watch, but it's not a podcast that you hear about. It's not like the Joe Budden podcast, okay? His podcast just doesn't ring bells like that. So I believe that's why he, you know, would constantly go on to Vlad to try and, you know, siphon people to come to his podcast. And, you know, Vlad has a huge platform. He's now sitting at 4 million followers, right? So what I find very, very funny is that all these guys are setting up podcasts um, even Royce the five nine, um, Eminem's homeboy, and he's had his issues with Vlad. He's been blasting him. My son has now turned his back on Vlad. So there's all these black men now who are turning their b- backs on Vlad. But I just find it funny because all of these same black men have gone on his platform. And it's funny when a black woman and I don't I don't have a big following back then. I don't even have a huge following now. I think it's decent size, but it's nowhere near as big as Vlad, right? So it's funny that when a black woman was saying this four years ago, I was all types of nappy-headed black bitches, puffy-headed bitches. You know, I got clowned behind the Orlando Brown interview and what he said about me on Vlad TV. But the same thing that I was saying back then, all these guys are saying. So I find that very interesting. I find it very interesting that they're not saying this now that they're trying to start their own podcast, now that they're trying to get their own viewers up, you know. But I feel like they're using it in the guise of the Minister Farrakhan situation. Because one thing I can say is that when you have integrity, you just don't fool with certain people. And y'all can hate or not like Joe. That, Like I've told y'all before, that's neither here nor there. I don't care. But one thing I can say about Joe Budden is he's never done an interview with Vlad, and he's always kept the same energy. He's always had his issues with Vlad. He's always called Vlad a culture vulture and has stayed, you know, away from Vlad. Right. Same with Corey Holcomb. Corey Holcomb, um, fifty one fifty. He's talked about Vlad for years, and even uh, did a podcast recently where he said that Vlad hit him up and said, "Hey, you know, won't you come on my show?" And Corey was like, "Okay, cool. Well, if I come on your show, you need to come on my show too." And Vlad was hesitant, like, "Nah, I, nah, I'm cool." So it's like, so I'm good enough to come and bring introduce my audience to you and and bring you viewership. But you can't do the same for me. That's not cool. I've been doing this just as long as you. And Corey actually has, like, you know, name recognition. Like, he's actually, you know, a comic and people know him. So I thought, you know, so I thought that was very, very telling. Corey never went on his show. Joe never went on his show. But these guys who went on his show over and over again, now they're all trying to, you know, start this whole Vlad hate train. So I wanted to play you guys just some of the audio that just kind of didn't sit well with me. 
is I was, and I took timestamps as I was listening to like the interview. And this is why I feel like it's more about money. So you guys don't want, yeah, 5150. Um, one of my best friends, Ronan, he's like, he's met Corey and them. He's always spoke highly. He's like a huge 5150 fan. So that's how I got turned on to them. So he's always kept the same energy. So I respect Corey for that. I respect people who have just kept the same energy. I don't like when people try to play willfully ignorant. Okay. These are all grown men. And I was surprised at the age of some of these men. Godfrey's in his fifties. And I'm like, no, you're not, you're not going to try and twist this around and act like we're crazy now. And that if we don't, you know, now jump on this Vlad hate train now we're we're like we're not supporting black people. You know, now we have to come together. Black people have to stand for something. Hmm. Now that you have a podcast, now that you want subscribers, I just found it interesting. Y'all know I'm gonna keep it real. That's just that's what I do. I you know, when I see through the bullshit, I just see through the bullshit. You know, I like all these brothers, but I, I just have to call it out. You know, facts are facts. Um, yes, they're in their fifties. They're older than Vlad. So let me go ahead and pull up the interview really quick. Um, well, even before I do that, let me just show y'all this screen capture. Because when I went to go Google his name, because he was trying to act like he just got on Vlad. And I didn't know he had been coming on Vlad as long as he had been coming on Vlad. That kind of surprised me when I went to go Google. So let me go ahead and show you guys my display real quick. So this is Godfrey here, the comedian. And so you can see, like, this is one of his oldest interviews two years ago. Let me see. Okay, right here. Two years ago, this man's been coming on Vlad. Here goes him and Lord Jamar together on Vlad. Look at how many, this is different shirts, so this is different days, okay? So he's obviously, you know, it's not all the same day, okay? These are different shirts. Vlad, two years ago, two years ago, a year ago, him, uh, Rod Digga, Lord Jamar, T.K. Kirkland, all these people. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then we can even scroll up. These are like the most recent ones. You know, just nine months ago, a month ago. Um, so all types of different dates, four months ago. So he's he's been a, a good fixture on Black on Vlad TV, right? So now let's see Lord Jamar. Here he is from seven years ago. Seven years ago on Vlad TV, six years ago. Um, seven months ago, four months ago, two years ago. So all, I mean, look at all the different shirts, different hats, <laughs> you know, and, and I enjoyed him on Vlad TV. He said a lot of real stuff. You know, he's the one who started the whole drama with Eminem and, you know, Eminem being a guest in hip hop. So he has definitely benefited from the Vlad TV train. Okay. So, so let's keep that real. Before Vlad TV, I didn't know who Lord Jamar was. I didn't know anything about Brand Nubia. You know, I know Wu-Tang. I don't know Brand Nubia. So let's keep it real. A lot of these people benefited from the so-called white devil. You know what I'm saying? They benefited. You know, They heard that he was, a, uh, people were saying that he was part of the feds and he was getting black men to snitch. And it didn't bother them until, like we said, the money is running low. And people are trying to find ways to generate streams of income. So now what I'm going to do, is it brand Nubian or brand, oh, Nubian? Sorry if I mispronounced it. Brand Nubian. I think I said brand Nubia, but brand Nubian was his group. I don't know his group. I've never listened to their music. 
I know him from Vlad TV, you know? And I think a lot of people know him from Vlad TV. Let's keep that real. Let's not act like a lot of y'all are running to go download the music or y'all knew it before y'all saw him on Vlad TV, right? I just knew him as this black man on Vlad TV who spoke a lot of truth to power, and I respected that, right? So now they do this whole thing. And shout out to all 11,000 people in here. So now they do an interview with each other, a podcast. I'm going to play you guys just different um, screen. screen. I, I timestamped it. So just a different timestamp. So I want you guys to just kind of listen to what they're saying. And hopefully you guys will understand where I'm coming from when I say I'm, I'm not buying all this. To me, it's, it's, a, bunch of, it's a bunch of bullshit. Give me just a second here. I are here to show an example of being on code with your people. Okay, now many of y'all think, oh, this motherfucker Vlad is was putting money in y'all pockets and all. No, he wasn't. No, he what? wasn't. Yeah, like this motherfucker, you know what I mean? I was getting paid from this motherfucker. Okay, let me tell you why. Yeah. My real reasoning of being on there was to to have a viewpoint like mine be proliferated to the masses right now when it's needed. Right. That's what was more valuable to me than anything. Fuck the money and all this type of shit. I'm trying to touch people. So again, you can have that same, um, you can have the same mentality of selling records out your trunk, or you can sign with a major label. Okay, so now I'm going to play you the second half here that I found really funny. So would you say out of his 4.3 whatever million subscribers, what is the percentage of them being black subscribers? I'd say quite a quite a quite a bit. Like what would you say percentage wise? What would you guess? I'd say at least at least fifty percent. Oh, you think the rest is like white and everybody else? Yeah. Because there's a lot of white fucking hip hop fans out there. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and there's just voyeurs of black culture, but I'd say at least fifty percent of that is probably black people, and we can easily take that fifty percent and bring it right over here to us. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? Like I'm dead ass serious. Like 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 you're corny if you're going against your people, point blank. Like, first of all, we hadn't done any interviews since all of that popped off. I think maybe one of your interviews. Okay, so y'all just heard that. Y'all clearly heard him say that they're trying to get 50% of Vlad's black subscribers. And then they're trying to shame the black subscribers by saying you're corny if you still support Vlad. But these are two men who sat on his couch for years and benefited from Vlad. Okay, so now let me play this last part. Give me just a moment here. And to somebody who said this is an old interview, this is just from a few days ago. I literally took notes while I was in the hospital, so stop the bullshit. 
I come with receipts. This is not an old, old interview. This is just from a few days ago. So I want y'all to hear this part. Movement, and you see what we've done, stuck on code. You fuckers got to show up to our shit, man. You can't just have us do that and then you be over there giving them numbers and don't give us none. Fuck that. All right? Hey. Fuck that. We all got to be on code. Well, I, we got to spread it and spread that money over to us. Fuck that shit. You know what I mean? Like, we can't be 200 views here to fuck all that. We need to be in the hundred thousands of millions too. While, while we sit up there like, okay, we ain't fucking with Glad no more. All right, what y'all doing? Huh? Because some of y'all going to sneak over there and keep watching those interviews, you little bastards. I know you are. Watch. The motherfuckers are going to be watching those interviews. Watch. I'm telling you, they are. He's in the Omar said, time for us to. All right. So you guys just heard that, and <laughs> somebody was like, hold on, we come back on camera. Somebody was like, T, you dislike the video? You damn right I hit dislike. I'm give a shit. <laughs> I disliked it. Yes, I'm one of the, <laughs> the 196 that disliked it because I saw through the BS. You know, it's very funny, like I said. Now black folks are being shamed and told to be on code. And, you know, they deserve to get the views. We need some of that money. You know, we never got played off of Vlad. So like I said before, when the money is funny, you start seeing people's real, real, real colors. And I think what's happening, because remember, was it Daz? I believe it was Daz. He went on a whole Vlad rant about a week ago. He's pissed off because not every time he goes on Vlad, he sees his videos are on Vlad's platform collecting millions of views and Vlad is getting paid and they're not seeing no money. But see, the thing is, these same men had no problem going on Vlad's platform because it benefited them. They hyped him up. Because even back in 2016, I don't even know Vlad was at a million followers. Now he's at four million. They hyped him up. They hyped up his platform. And they made his platform something valuable to the hip-hop community. They didn't hype up the 5150 show. They didn't hype up, you know, I mean, Joe Budden, he's doing his own thing, so I don't even want to put him in the same lane as a Vlad. But they hyped up Vlad TV. Going on Vlad TV was just as cool as going on The Breakfast Club. And that was the fault of these black men in hip-hop. You know, they hyped that up. So now that the money is funny... And now that folks aren't booking shows and not able to go on their rap tours and, you know, play their old music to their old school fans and just whatever else. Now we all need to get on code. Excuse me. I said this four years ago. After being attacked and nobody cared to get on code with this black woman, you know, but now everybody needs to get on code. But that's because the money has slowed down and people want to find a way to eat. And the only way that celebrities, for some reason, can only eat right now is podcasting. So if I can siphon, if I can shame black people who watch Vlad TV, if I can say, if you continue to watch him, you're not on code. So you need to come and subscribe to us. You know, we need that money. We deserve that money as opposed to this white, you know, this white man. I see through the nonsense. So, yeah, hell yeah, I hit that video with a dislike. You know, when you're crying about subscribers, he, would, he even went on to say, Godfrey was like, you know, when I, when I make a video, I, I might gain two, three subscribers. But then Vlad put up a video, he's gaining thousands of subscribers. Like, I don't never want to be in my 50s crying about subscribers and numbers. I, I just don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to find other ways. You know what I'm saying? You can't be mad at his hustle. You know what I mean? Because y'all helped his hustle become what it is. 
Don't y'all find it strange that the two biggest media voices in hip hop are two white men, Vlad TV and Adam 22. Let's keep it real. And I like Adam 22. He has like, you know, that, that late, that late bad West coast white, white boy vibe. You know what I'm saying? I know he subscribes to my channel. He watches my videos cause I see him in my analytics, you know, so I don't have no issues with him, but again, these men have to blame themselves. It, it wasn't us black women running over there. You know, the, the no jumper podcast, Adam 22, no jumper podcast. Yeah, I mean, y'all, like I said, y'all don't have to like him. Y'all don't like to, y'all don't have to like DJ academics. Y'all don't like, have to like none of these people, but this is the topic at hand, you know? So my thing is, I just find it very, very funny, you know, that all of a sudden people are being made to feel like if they still watch Vlad TV, they're wrong and they're off code. But for years, you guys benefited, you know what I'm saying? Like you guys benefited off of his platform and now seems to be an issue. So much so that people were rocking with him harder than even DJ Academics. I mean, I remember my son and DJ Academics beefing for a while, you know, and going back and forth. And, and they're going at DJ Academics and saying he's whack and, you know, he's ruining hip hop and everything else. But then it's nothing but love for Vlad. So I don't know. I just, I just find it really, really strange you know, yeah, look, Ad, uh, uh, Angel Click says, grown men crying about views. That's what it boils down to. And it's not, I'm not being shady. I'm just keeping it real. What I got from that podcast is men who are basically upset from, like I said, it's not just them. It's been a lot of dudes in hip hop ranting about Vlad TV making money off of them. And they're not seeing any of that money. But the thing is, like I said before, when I talk about business, Business transactions start at the beginning, okay? So you go into a situation with your contract saying, hey, this is what I want. I also want access to this video. I want to be able to upload it onto my platform. And then at that point, Vlad has a right to say yes or no. And if he says no, then you go on about your merry way. But if you still choose to go onto his platform, knowing that you don't have any rights to the video, you don't own it, it's going onto his platform, he's going to make money off of that, then you signed up for that willingly. Remember, another black woman, Monique. Remember, Vlad tried to clown her. Yeah, Monique, you know, uh, she, you know, I tried to interview her and she caught herself trying to pull out a contract, wanting, you know, footage from the interview so they can put it on their, on their platform. And I told her no. Remember, everybody laughed at Monique. Oh, who Monique thinks she is? That's just how Vlad does. You know, Vlad records people and he uploads on his platform and you're getting, you're getting notoriety. You're getting exposure, you're getting paid an exposure. See, a lot of these black dudes was cool getting paid an exposure. But now that the checks are drying up in Hollywood, now everybody's looking, trying to search for a bag. And a lot of them are looking at Vlad's platform because his platform hasn't faltered. Regardless of what they, what they're saying, his platform has not faltered. When he uploads a video or interview, he gets those views. I would never take that from Vlad. I would never take that from Adam 22. They get their views regardless of the situation. Okay. So a lot of these dudes went into this knowing that, and now they're upset because this man, now that times are hard, he's still able to eat. <laughs> this is what it boils down to. And this is why we have to be smart and you have to understand your brand. You can't come in trying to negotiate after the fact. Lord Jamar sounded angry as hell. I never got paid nothing. I went on there to, you know, to, to, to edify and educate the people. Well, nobody asked you to. 
You you went on there because you got fame off of that. People know know you more from being on Vlad TV than anything you've done, you know, in hip hop. I'm sorry to say, but most people in this generation know him from being that dude on Vlad TV who keeps it 100. Godfrey is more known now for his Vlad TV interviews than his comedy. He even admitted that. So you guys brought validity to that platform. So now you can't now that... yeah you. <laughs> Somebody said they're trying to pull a Nick Cannon. Yeah. Remember, he, he tried to, you know, he tried to climb Monique. And Monique was coming with contracts. Like, okay, I'll come on your show, but I want us to be able to upload, you know, this as well. We want to be able to eat off of this. We may not get as many views as you, but we want to be able to use the footage as well. And Vlad told her no, and he has every right to tell her no. You know what I'm saying? Because I've done interviews on my platform, and most the people who I've interviewed, they reached out to me. I didn't. I don't go checking for people. They reached out to me through my publicist, and then I did the interview. So now I don't owe them shit. You got exposure off of my little platform. So I get it from an interview point of, you know, from an interview standpoint. And the sad part is a lot of the people, like I've talked about this in the past, who I brought on my platform and interviewed, they will never shout that out. They will never share my interview that I spent time editing, the time I spent researching their backstory, trying to know more about those individuals and coming at them with really good questions. They'll never, they never shared it on their platform, but it was okay for me to introduce you to my audience but not the other way around. But then when these same men go on Vlad TV, oh, they, they're tweeting it and posting on their Instagram and check out my latest Vlad TV interview. So again, as black people, we, for whatever reason, some of us, not all, we hold white people and white platforms to a higher esteem than we do our own. And black media has talked about this for years where some of these same black celebrities will go on other black platforms, and unless it's the Breakfast Club where it's, you know, national exposure, they won't share it. They won't say that they came on your podcast. They won't say that they interviewed with, with this person and that person. But let it be Vlad TV. Oh, they're shouting it from the high heavens. Let it be Adam 22. They're shouting it from the high heavens. So that's something we have to figure out internally with us. Why were y'all so, so gung-ho to sit on this man's stage year after year, month after month? But now that the bag is drying up, now we're going to throw him under the bus and now he's a culture vulture. People been saying this. You can, they, people been saying this in his comment section for years. But again, they were trolls, though. When, when, the, when people were saying in his comment section, they were trolls and they were just hating. But now y'all are trying to re literally reiterate what folks have been saying for years now that it's convenient for y'all. So I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. A lot of people were comfortable being paid in exposure. So continue to enjoy your exposure while Vlad has gotten rich off of y'all. I don't feel bad. It's a business. And basically they're trying to do the same thing, are they not? Are they not now trying to do commentary on other people's situations and other people's business and eat off of it? So they're trying to do the same thing that Vlad is doing. They're just mad that they haven't found a way to do it and be, you know, monetarily successful at it. They're not getting paid like that off their podcast, the way Vlad is getting paid off of his platform. And that's the truth. Yep, exposure don't play the bills. I'm glad y'all see where I'm coming from. You know, with that, I just, you know, when I, when I started hearing all this, oh, we got to get on code because people were sending me messages like you got to talk about the Vlad situation, you know, um, 
you know, we need to blast them and hold them accountable. Wait, what? I don't have to talk about shit because I said this four years ago. And y'all had a field day clowning me and my puffy hair. So, no, I, I don't have anything to say. I don't care at this point. You know what I'm saying? Leave black women alone. Okay, give my little... Y'all have fun with y'all's tiny violin. I don't give a shit. I said everything I had to say four years ago when Umar Johnson, Mr. Give Me Your Grip Money, took his ass on there and all types of pro-blacks, you know? And now, in 2020, everybody want to act woke like they didn't know what it was. Please. Um, Guadalupe uh, Torres says, Oh, my gatos, I just got on this live. Missed you, auntie. Have been checking every day on the way to work and on the way back home to see if you posted a stream. Miss you. Thank you so much. Um, I talked about it at the beginning of the stream. I have been really sick in the hospital, but I'm doing better now. So thank you. Thank you for the super chat. I appreciate it. Um, like everybody's posting little tiny violins. <laughs> um, let's see here. The real Nika Joy says, T, I can't believe I made a live much love. Your hair is the bomb. Thank you so much, sis. I appreciate it. Um, Jordan Dina sent $4.99. Thank you for the $4.99. Um, Luna P007 says, T, I love watching your videos because you show things from a different angle that I never thought about. Glad you're okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, Tiana Richards sends $50. She says, showing love from Dallas, Texas. Thank you so much, sis. I appreciate it. And I now missed some other super chats. Um, Nikki, wonderful. Thank you for the five. But yeah, I just wanted to kind of explain it, you know, from 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 my vantage point. You know, I, I get it as somebody who has a, a YouTube channel and, and have done interviews. You know, they're using your platform. And a lot of times they won't ever, you know, show love to your platform. So you don't owe them a check. You know what I'm saying? But with Vlad, it's different. People actually show love to his platform and like that's like a badge of honor to sit on his couch and that's a testimony regardless if you like him or not like i said the truth is the truth it doesn't matter who spews it but that's a testimony to the brand that he's built okay at the end of the day he does have good interviews he is able to talk to a lot of people and bring a lot of people onto his little couch that a lot of people are not able to talk to you know i remember during uh straight out of compton it's like he was bringing everybody from L.A. out the woodwork. He had Lonzo on there, BG Knockout. I mean, people I haven't heard of since I was like in junior high. And he was like bringing them all out. And they were talking about their old Easy e stories and straight out of Compton stories. And not one of them got paid. Not one of them got paid. But they knew what it was. They were getting paid an exposure. So if you were cool with it back then, I don't want to hear. I don't want to see tattoo tears seven years later. Because literally for seven years... Lord Jamar sat on this man's platform and regaled us with, you know, hip-hop stories, you know, spoke a lot of truth. I enjoyed all the videos with Lord Jamar, the ones that I watched on Vlad TV. So you can't come back seven years later and complain about not getting paid. That, that, that shouldn't even been brought up because everybody knows that Vlad doesn't pay people. But it's funny that people keep talking about that. He's made money off of hip-hop. He's made money off of black men. He's made money off of, you know, nefarious things and, you know, being a culture vulture. Well, he didn't make it by himself. Y'all helped. Y'all helped. You know, y'all's not racing to go do the 5150 show and interview with them. Y'all's not racing to go do interviews with other black content creators. You know, so a lot of people need to look in, look in the mirror and see the role that they played in that. So I'm not buying it. I'm just not buying it. 
Um, Night Nurse one set one one seven sent fifty dollars. She says, "Miss you, T. I'm glad you're doing better. Thank you so much. I appreciate the super chat and thank you for coming through. I really appreciate it." Um, Free Spirit three zero three three eight says, "Thank you for all you do. Your channel is fire. Thank you. Thank you for the super chat." Jasmine ninety one sent twenty dollars. Thank you for the twenty dollars, Jasmine. Thanks for coming through. Um, Chantel Davis says. I love your channel, listening since the Fertile Myrtle. <laughs> that was the Angel Adams lady who had like 17 kids. By I think by her, well, she had like three baby daddies and she wanted the whole state of Florida to take care of her kids. Yes, that was that's definitely a throwback video. You're definitely an OG. Thank you so much for the super chat. Um, let's see here. Let me, I'm trying to go through some of the chats I'm, I might have missed. That had to do with the Vlad. Let's see. N Pen sent nineteen ninety nine says, T, I'm glad you're okay. Blessings to you and your family. There's some good there's some good from your medical story, letting people know to stick to their first instincts and continue to fight for your health. Amen. And that's why I really wanted to talk about it because I know there's people going through the same things, the same worry, and they're being literally pushed to the side. So I want those people who feel like they're being medically neglected to get down to the ER as soon as possible. So thank you for that. Um, let's see here. Strawberry sent $5. She said, y'all remember to hit the like button. Please hit the like button if you guys like this video. Please hit the like. It means a lot to me. Thank you. And thank you, Strawberries. Um, African Barbie 861 says, I'm glad you're doing better, T. Crazy thing is I just inboxed you on Instagram to check on you because I had seen that you haven't been posting online. Oh, by the way, I finally learned how to use a super chat and being able to comment. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for the $25 super chat. I really appreciate it. And thank you for checking on me. I appreciate that as well. So let me see here. I think, let's see, somebody else said something. You can't stop them off on my heavy. Okay, Everlasting Love sent $34.99. She says, when you can't stop thinking about somebody heavy, you start to pray for them. I thought about you last week, and I started crying. I felt something wasn't right. Thank God you're okay. The Most High loves you. Thank you so much. Thank you for that message. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it, it, it's been a rough week, but I'm getting back in the swing of everything. You know, God is good. God is definitely good. Um... Let's see here. Hardcore says, some of these people need to understand self-preservation. They didn't care before. Why care now that the white guy is banking off of your culture? Amen. And honestly, sis, that's how I feel at this point. Y'all allowed him to get to that point. He worked damn hard, you know, at getting interviews and, you know, cultivating, you know, a following. So I I'm not mad at him at all. So all that, if you don't, you know, stop watching him, you're off code. Well, I'll be off code because y'all was not on code with me when I was getting drugged, <laughs> you know, and, and talked down to and, and things like that. So, no, I, I'll be off code. If I see an interview that Vlad has done that I'm interested in watching, you damn right, I'm going to click on it and I'm going to watch it, period. It is what it is, you know, because like I said, all these dudes, they allowed him to become a culture vulture, you know, so... Next time, how about you support your black media as much as y'all support Vlad? There's been people doing black media who've been in the game for years. 
and they're nowhere as big as Vlad. I don't really consider myself black media because I'm not really trying to get into the interview game. I just, I, I like to keep to just my subscribers and my friends and family. I don't really care about the Hollywood shit. I'm just, I, I just don't care. So I don't consider myself black media, but I understand why people kind of put me in that box because I do a lot of journalistic stuff. I have journalistic integrity. I research, I bring facts, you know, I, I go through things, I break stories, you know, um, real stories, <laughs> <laughs> um, like COVID, like the whole COVID thing, how I was able to like, you know, just wake up so many people in the community when that was coming down the pipeline and people had no idea. So I, I see that, but it's like, for me, I feel like there's people who have even been in it longer and who really want to like, I don't know, be a journalist, I guess, or really be a part of that media game, like a DJ academics, you know, things like that. But like I said, people don't go to his platform in roles like that or even respect his platform on the same level as they respect the Adam 22 or um, Vlad TV. And that's just keeping it real. And he's somebody, regardless if you like him or not, he's self-built. He built his brand, his brand up from the ground up, you know, um, regardless if you agree with his war on Chirac. The thing is, people supported it. People watched it. So then you can't complain when you tuned in every week when he was doing the war in Chirac because that's what blew him up. So I think a lot of people just need to take personal responsibility for the things that they consume. And I've always said that. You know, if you don't like something, if it makes you uncomfortable, if it doesn't sit well with your spirit, why are you watching it? Why are you supporting it? You can't support it and then complain after the fact. That just doesn't make any sense. Um, Let's see here. Yes, uh, Intellectual says you had... The Wuhan coronavirus videos before anyone else. Thank you for letting us know it was coming here. You're more than welcome. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, let's see here. Talisha King sent $5. She says, hey, T. Hey, Talisha. Thanks for coming through. Um, Tanisha Abel says, love you, T. Glad you're back healthy. You always keep it a buck fifty. Love the Discord. How do I join the Zoom? Thank you so much. And yeah, to to people who are still trying to get on the Discord, I haven't posted any new links just because I didn't want any new people coming on there because it was kind of getting chaotic and everybody was looking for me and it was just getting crazy on there. So I didn't want to inundate more people on there with my mods already trying to just, you know, keep things calm. So I'll be posting new Discord links probably after this stream for the people who paid and they've been kind of waiting the past few days, so I'll, I'll post the new link. Um, as far as the Zoom, the Zoom, I have I upgraded the package to where I can have up to five hundred people in the Zoom meetings. Um, they're just sporadic, so it's just you know when I decide to do a Zoom, you know. So I'll let you guys know, but it's never like oh I'm gonna let you guys know a week in advance. It's just maybe like a few hours in advance, and once you get the Zoom link information you'll want to go ahead and register right away because it's first come, first serve. And so people who can't get in, they keep you in the waiting room. And then as people log off or leave, then they'll let you on automatically, depending on, you know, who's next in the waiting room. So that's how the Zoom works. So I'll see you guys there. Um, it's getting late. It's already almost 8 o'clock, so I probably won't Zoom tonight. But I'll probably Zoom tomorrow. So I like the I liked our first Zoom meeting. So I'll probably Zoom tomorrow so that I can just you know, talk to you guys and, you know, just really checking with y'all outside of YouTube. So, yeah. Um, let's see here. C 
Sydney says, starting from the beginning of the stream, welcome back, T. Thank you for the super chat, sis. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming through. Mr. Copresh says, uh, love you, T. Glad everything is okay. Thank you. Thank you for the super chat. Um, $3 wig from Walgreens says, just like they told Monique her Netflix issue was a personal problem. This sounds like a personal problem to me as well. Next caller. <laughs> love you. Love you, too. <laughs> yes. You know, Monique was saying a lot of real stuff. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I wasn't going to cancel my Netflix, but she was saying a lot of real stuff. You know, and I think a lot of the things that she was saying, you know, a lot of people are now seeing it and seeing like you have to have value in yourself and in your brand. And you have to know what your brand is worth and you can't just settle for any and everything, you know. And um, I think that's where a lot of these guys have gotten themselves conflicted. And that's why a lot of people are looking at this situation like, OK, this is BS. Like, like, come on. All y'all benefited off this dude's platform. And now you're saying that if we still continue to watch and support, now we're coons and now we're, you know, off code. Like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, um, Kes Como says, hey, T, keep spreading the truth and being you. Thank you for always keeping it real. I'll watch the recording later. Thank you for coming through. I appreciate it. Um, Jasmine Flower Draws says, yes, I caught a live. Love you, T. I remember your video with the lady with 15 kids. I love your show. Please keep it up. We need a level-headed voice out there. Thank you so much, sis. Um, I also want to talk about the Tory Lanez situation before I leave because I've been on for an hour already. Um, I found out about it yesterday because I, I had woke up last night and I couldn't go back to sleep right away. So I had jumped on Twitter just to see what was trending. I was surprised. I seen his name was trending um, Meg, I think Asian doll was like a few people's names trending. And so I guess he had decided to finally tell his story, but he told his story via an album. And I heard the diss track, you know, where he was basically talking about her and basically, you know, it, I almost feel like part of his music, like when he was talking about her foot and you know, well, how you get shot in both your feet and no tendons or bones were hit. Um, those were questions that I that I had asked and people had asked on the internet. Like, this is weird. I feel like he kind of took some of the stuff that was said on the internet and tried to put it in his damn rap. You know what I'm saying? So he, he owes the internet a check. But, you know, I don't feel, I just, I just don't feel any type of way about this situation. The situation is so convoluted and, 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 and so crazy. It's like, I think for me, I've been over it for a while. I've been over it for a while. Like, I, I never got the whole appeal of Tory. You know what I'm saying? He just seemed like a loudmouth man who just really didn't have a lot of respect for women. You know, and, and people, again, people were supporting him. Remember, he was the hottest thing smoking during quarantine radio. You couldn't tell folks shit. If you weren't in there, you were a hater, right? So it's like, it's funny now that, like, everybody wants to be fake mad. And I'm not saying that there's not people who are who are genuinely upset and feel like, you know, this diss towards Meg is unwarranted. And once again, you have a black man disrespecting a black woman, but then in the same breath, bigging up Kylie Jenner and things like that. But what I noticed is I saw a lot of people giving Rick Ross props. Oh, Rick Ross kept it real. He put his his foot on Tory's neck. Let me go ahead and play out what Rick Ross had to say. I don't know. I'm just the type of person. I don't forget shit. And I think the internet has like a short attention span, but I think because I've been doing this for so long, it's just a lot of stuff I don't forget. 
And I'm not going to just give people props for, you know, trying to speak out on a situation. So let me go ahead and play this really quick. So a lot of people were talking about, because a lot of folks were dragging Tori. <laughs> very, very well deserved. Don't get me wrong. A lot of folks were dragging him for just all his nonsense. I want y'all to listen to this real quick. Tory Lanez, poor decision, brother. Dropping that project. Just out of respect for Breonna Taylor. Just out of respect for Breonna Taylor, brother. We got to respect these sisters. That ain't how you address the accusations you're facing with the sisters. That was a poor choice, homie. You ain't getting no money with that shit. Bought a car for Tory Lanez. I got a gift for your album release, homie. That's you. Heard your shit just went double acrylic on that piff. Okay, so y'all just seen that. Okay, first and foremost... What I find very interesting is that everybody's giving him props and, ooh, Rick Ross dissed Tory. Isn't Rick Ross the same one a few years ago who rapped a lyric? Remember he lost his Reebok shoe deal. He put a molly in her drink and she ain't even know it. Remember that song? But now everybody's talking about, you know, respecting women. And I just feel like a lot of this is just mush mouth bullshit, okay? Now, he said that um, Tory went acrylic. When I check today, he's number one right now on Apple. So I just, I, I'm just, to me, it's, it's all bullshit. People say one thing on social media and try to act so anti or pro something. But when you look at the numbers, it's different. Remember, y'all remember that song? Y'all ain't, you, you ain't even know it, right? So that's what I'm saying. Like, like, I feel like a lot of it is BS. Even the folks who were so mad and were dragging him yesterday, right now he's currently number one. So it's just like, we just really, we really don't stand for anything. We just say stuff because it sounds good. But then behind the scenes, people just do what they're going to do anyways. You know, um, I, I thought it was nonsense. You know, if you're going to come out, I think he has a right to tell his side. Let me say that. If she has a right to tell her side and tell what happened, he has a right to tell his side. It's, it's only fair. Like I always tell y'all, there's three sides to every story. His side, her side, and the damn truth. And the truth lies somewhere in the middle. The, the whole story is so convoluted, whatever. He has the right to tell his side. But to sit there and tell your side via trying to make a profit, via, you know, putting in the album, I don't, I don't really respect that. I would have respected him more had he came and just really talked about what, what he saw, what happened that night, how he felt. And I'm not saying he needs to do a sit-down interview with Vlad TV, he could have did the, the, a live stream on his own damn quarantine radio and really spoke about it. You know, so I'm just, I, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? I'm not downloading it. I heard this snippet on Twitter. That was enough for me, you know, but the fact that he's number one today tells me everything I need to know. And this kind of ties back into everything that I said earlier. You know, people will complain and act one type of way. And then, you know, switch it up when convenient. So it's going to be interesting. I don't know if, you know, if Meg will respond and she'll come out with her own diss and they'll just diss each other back and forth. Who knows? You know, who knows what's going to come of this? But I wasn't feeling it. And I'm not feeling the people who are like, you know, conveniently trying to trying to talk and, you know, act like they're caping for black women. Whatever, honey. I see through that mess.
Look, Roji says, T, these motherfuckers are fake. <laughs> yes, he's number one. But see, that. But the thing is, people are saying that, oh, he's number one because folks are nosy. But my thing is, why do you have to, what is there to be nosy of? When you stand for something, there's nothing to be like, I don't care. I listen to it for free on Twitter. I'm not interested in downloading his album. So again, it goes back to integrity. So it, so is you being more nosy, you know what I'm saying, worth it to put money in his pocket to have him at number one than having integrity and saying, I'm not downloading that. I'm cool. You know? And it has to be a lot of people that downloaded his music for him to be number one right now. A lot of people. So I'm not even buying the nosy thing. I just feel like social media is fake and fickle. They say one thing and they do another thing behind closed doors. And that's really what it boils down to with this whole situation. The same ones roasting them probably ran to go download the CD. And are banging it. And that's fine. I mean, that's your business. You do what you want to do with your money. But missing with the memes and the tattooed tears is all I'm saying. <laughs> For real, fake and phony. Somebody said the album was hot. Oh, like I said, it might be. I've heard that from a few people that it was a good album. But then my thing is don't be in the same breath on social media crying and whining, you know, about the disrespect of black women when your real thought is, damn, this album bangs, this album's hot. Then just enjoy your album in peace. People play both sides of the fence. And at this point, I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over the story. The story's just way too convoluted. Um, I'm just over the whole story in general. I've been over it. Let's see here. Uh, Sir Smiles Lightfoot. Hey, Smiley. Um, Smiley says, T, this is our empath and Leo vibes kicking in because I hit you up earlier today because you were placed on my mind and heart. You continue feeling better. They trying to build their money off of, Vlad, off of Vlad's back, honestly. Yes, they are. And thank you so much for the super chat. Thank you for coming through. I haven't been able to respond back to any of my DMs. I'll try and respond back um, to everybody like throughout the night as I can. So I'll just probably just send y'all voice chats just because it's easier to just do that. So thank you. Let's see here. Um, Kaden Wright sent a sticker, says, you're number one. Thank you so much, Kaden. I appreciate it. Um, Nitty Wilson says, hey, T, Tori's album seemed very bipolar. I side-eyed him and his intentions. Mm. So somebody's saying it's bipolar. It's probably kind of all over the place. I, you know, for me, that's funny that you say that, because even when I listened to the rap, it was so fast. It's like, bruh, breathe. It's like he was trying to get everything out. It just seemed very chaotic. You know, he was trying to, like, you know, say everything at once. I just, it just, it wasn't like a comforting record. It's almost like, how can you blame me for this? And you're saying this and, you know, I didn't do shit. And, you know, it was a lot of blame going around. But no personal responsibility from him whatsoever on any role that he may have played in it. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. I think they're both... They're both, you know, they both drink a lot. They both drink a lot. And when you mix liquor into a situation, it becomes very volatile. Both of them have drinking. I'm not, I don't want to diagnose anybody with alcoholism. I'm not going to go there. But I think they both drink a lot. And they do things when they're drunk. They say things when they're drunk. And then they try to dismiss it and, and not take personal responsibility for it. 
But that's the vibe I always got from the both of them. Um, Ashley Cunningham says, Miss UT, keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Thank you for the super chat. Um, Tep Taylor says, T, I passed my security plus certification. Your streams kept me sane. Here I am. Again, thank you so much for the super chat. And um, congratulations on that. Those certification tests are no joke. So congratulations. You know, and, you know, look forward to a nice career in IT. IT is not going anywhere. That's why I encourage everybody, you know, if you're graduating high school, get into the medical or the technology field. That's going to be the wave of the future. So thank you. Let's see. Somebody says, oh, okay. Somebody says he did take accountability and apologize for his part. I don't know because, like I said, I I wasn't going to listen to the track over and over again. It seemed like there were parts where he was doing a lot of blaming, in my opinion. But if he apologized for his part, great. But um, I still feel like there's a lot of holes in that story, just all the way around. There's just more to the story. Like I said, I still want to hear from the best friend, Kelsey. That's who I want to hear from. Um, Megan Frederick says, glad you're well. Have you done any digging on the Breonna Taylor situation? There's a lot of holes in that story. Not just on the cop side, but the boyfriend as well. Mmm. Megan, 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 they're not ready for that conversation. They are not ready for that conversation. That's why I don't even speak on Breonna Taylor. There's a lot of things I've researched on my own with a friend of mine. And we talked about it. There's a lot of things with that case that does not sit well with my spirit. Um, There's a lot of things that I would want to say to women. But as soon as you say something to women about certain things, then it's you're chastising when that's not the case. You're trying to look out for the next generation so they don't make the same mistake. Something about the boyfriend, I know what you're talking about, and I'm not going to talk about it on the live, but, yeah, trust me. I've been giving that whole situation with the boyfriend, the shots, the ballistics, a lot of stuff, the side eye in that Breonna Taylor situation. Um... Yeah, it's it's a lot of things, and I'm and I'm not gonna talk about it on YouTube, you know, because I don't even want you having these conversations on YouTube. But I would, you know, we'll probably discuss it. I don't have a problem talking about it on the Discord. But yeah, thank you for that. I'm glad we're on the same page because I've been peeped. I just don't speak on the Breonna Taylor thing, you know. I want the people who are guilty of taking her life, you know, to I want her family to get justice. Um, I know while I was in the hospital, there's been a bunch of rioting and. You know, the streets right now are really crazy, you know, around the country. So I don't know. I just feel like we have an upcoming possible civil war. October, like I've been telling y'all for the past few weeks, October is going to be a very, very interesting month. And things are going to get really ugly, you know. And um, we're just living in really scary times and very draining times, especially if you're an empath. Yeah, very, very draining times. Um, yeah, something, like I said, that whole Breonna Taylor situation never sat well with me at all. If you really investigate the case outside of the, what the cops did. Um, D-Bop says, to drop an album as a response to the type of allegations aimed at him made me side-eye him more. Something is not right in the milk here. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like I said, I would have respected it more. Had it been a sit down, 
and him really telling his side, just like she did. Like I said, I don't, I don't think it's right for people to say that somebody doesn't have the right to tell their story, okay? If somebody is saying something about me and accusing me of something, I have the right to rebuttal if I choose to, right? Just like if he would have came out and told his story first, she'd have a right to tell her story. So I never want to say that somebody doesn't have the right to, to speak their truth, right? But I think it's a way that you do it. You know, when you go about and you make an announcement, you say, I'm going to tell my truth at 9 p.m., and everybody's on the internet gathering and waiting, and they think you're going to go live and do a sit-down and talk professionally and really explain your side of the story, and all you do is drop an album, it makes me feel like his money is also running low. You know, especially if he's having to go to court for this and, you know, hire a lawyer and all types of stuff. So watch a lot of these people's moves. A lot of these people's moves, their moves in 2020 are motivated by lack of money, lack of resources. And I'm not saying that anybody I've spoke about is broke and, you know, they're, you know, eating out of a soup kitchen. That's not what I'm saying. But when you live a certain lifestyle, right, when you live, especially with the celebrity lifestyle, they tend to live above their means. So when... The money is right, like we were talking about with the Migos and P. When money was just flowing in and nobody was really, you know, taking accountability where all the money was going, but now we're not able to do shows. But guess what? That light bill is still three grand. The mortgage is still, you know, $10,000 a month. These cars that you're leasing still cost money. The bills don't stop no matter what's going on with your financial situation. So when people's incomes have dropped, and some of these people's incomes have dropped by as much as 50%, especially if you depend on touring and merchandise and things like that, right? So because so many of these people are not having that residual income coming in, they're trying to find other ways to maintain their lifestyle. So you have people starting OnlyFans and, you know, Patreons and things like that. And like I said, I'll never knock anybody for trying to take care of their family and pay their bills. You know what I'm saying? Do what you have to do. But what I'm saying is that this is when you know when people start making moves like the whole Lord Jamar, Godfrey, Vlad drama situation when you're trying to siphon his followers to come follow you so that we can start getting views on your YouTube channel to generate money. I see through that. When P, you know, from QC is pissed off at the Migos and it's like, well, you weren't even named in the lawsuit. The, the lawyer is named in the lawsuit because the lawyer has been doing shady shit and has been taking money that he shouldn't have been taking. So why are you so upset? Ah, because once they start pulling back the onion, they might find out that you had your hand in the pot too. So, but again, they want to realize this had that bag not slowed down. Just like I said last week with Aunt Viv and, and Will Smith. They're not kumbaya because they genuinely want to, you know, bury the hatchet or they genuinely want a relationship. The money's slowing down. <laughs> the red table talk right now is, is ceased, has ceased. So that's not generating any ad revenue right now or any new ad revenue because they made themselves look stupid with that whole bad marriage for life. And we know she don't get no money like that. So what better way than to reconnect right before the reunion? Because it's a bag to get. So that's what a lot of these moves that people are making, that's what it boils down to. Um, let's see here. Daylight says the only thing he needs to be public about is his apology, not an album. Yuck. Definitely agree. Um, 
to Lache. Oh, to Shayla, to Shayla Brown. Sorry. Um, Senpai, she says, I listened to you and did my own research and things are not adding up. I'm glad y'all peeped that. I'm glad because I've never talked about it. You know, people have asked me to, but I've never talked about the Breonna Taylor thing. But I'm glad you guys are doing your own research, you know, and this is why we have to be careful, women, with, um, you know, who we call our boyfriends and who, who we're with and the people that we date because they don't always have our best interest at heart. And I'll leave it at that. Not absolving anybody else, but if you really dig into that case, you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, so I've been on here for an hour and a half, you guys. I feel good. I feel better. It felt, it felt good to come on here and just talk to you all and, you know, do another live stream because it's been a while. But I don't want the stream to go too long because I know people are going to want to watch the playback and everything. Um, let me see here. Stephanie Bronson's 10. She says, love you. Happy you are feeling better. You are speaking facts. My beautiful internet sis, you are the boss. October is me and my daughter's birthday month. Prayers up. Thank you, sis. It's my son's birthday month, too. He's a Libra. So his birthday's coming up as well. So happy birthday to you and your daughter. So, yeah, it's been this has been an awesome stream. Thank you, guys. Thank you to Eba who's joined the membership. Um, like I said, I'll make sure to put the link up um, after the stream when I get a chance so you guys can get into the Discord and stuff. But um, let's see here. Opinion with, opinionated with a side of shade. Love you, T. Be well. I was worried. Please text me. I DM'd you. Thank you, sis. Thank you so much for that message. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a lot of messages and texts, and I haven't been able to get back to everybody because I, I literally, like, turned off my phone for, like, a full day, and, you know, I probably had the most sleep I've had in, like, the past few days. I know my Fitbit is like, damn, who's wearing this damn wristwatch? Like, what? She's sleeping for nine hours? You know, I'm usually lucky if I get five to six, so I've just really been, like, sleeping and, you know, just really trying to heal because this was, like, this was devastating, especially mentally. You know, it's like, damn, once again, I came close to death. Like, wow. You know, but it just let me know, like, you know, I don't know God's plans for me, but he's not done with me yet. So I'm grateful that, you know, he gave me another chance to be here with you all and my kids and my family. You know what I mean? Because it could have ended very tragically. So I'm very grateful that I'm here. So on that note, I'm going to read this last super chat and I'm going to leave. Um, I know. I love that name. <laughs> Says, bless you, T. Missed most of the live, but I can't wait to listen on my commute back. Thanks for all you do. You are more than welcome, you guys. And thank you guys once again just for the support. We had, like, close to 12,000 people in here. So thank you guys for coming through and, and listening, you know, to my opinion on this whole Vlad situation and Tori and, and, you know, just the medical neglect. I appreciate you guys taking your time out to spend your Friday with me. So on that note, you guys, I'm going to go ahead and um, get ready to log off here. So I'll talk to you guys later, and everybody else, I'll see you guys on the Discord. So, all right, bye.